Welcome to a world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Thank you for swallowing the green pill. It's <laughs> it's acid. I'm going to be acid. honest with you. You... Uh, Okay. You talked to the wrong guy, and he gave you the wrong pill. And now you're here. Should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so I am here. This is Rob. Hi. Uh, Hi. Here, as always, to talk to you about DC Comics. This is the DC Comics Review Show number one. Excuse me. Shit. 173. <laughs> Legacy week 4,529. That that is that is all you, Josh. I will not be able to keep up with that. <laughs> I just change it on the script. Fair enough. And as you've already heard, I'm joined always by my co-host Josh. Howdy, 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 everybody. Hey, Rob. Hey, Josh. I know you're not gonna believe this shit, but I oh, got a phone oh. call from Brie Larson. Oh God. She oh, needed help finding her cat, but I told her it was a wild goose chase. Uh, go flirt <laughs> yourself. That was flirking bad. Uh, <laughs> I have the rim shot button. It was great. <laughs> You're a rim shot. Hey, now. <laughs> I don't know how to take that one. Be good. Take it with the. Uh... Two pumps and a loud sound. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Uh, right, so Brandon is off for one more week, he promises. <laughs> Just a damn shame, because this would have been a great week to have him on, uh, considering all the the delicious stuff the three of us, four of us with Nathan, have been talking about today in our chat on Discord uh, to do with this week's books, which we will get to later on today. Um, but... God damn! I wish he was here. Yes, <laughs> Would have been great. Would have been so great. But he's 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 busy with all sorts of stuff right now. School and work and life getting in the way. So next week he should be back. They'll be able to chat up some books with us again. He hadn't even had time to read DC the past couple of weeks. Like he he was that busy. Yeah, he only got the chance to on Tuesday because he was sick. Playing a whole lot of catch up. Yeah. So damn. This guy, what a freaking life he uh, leads. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess want to jump into some news. I, I think we got a bit of news to talk about. We do? Uh, ab- absolutely none of it DC related. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you fire that off and I will be right back. I got to go yell at uh, a family member real quick. Uh-oh. <laughs> that not yell, good. not yell. Yeah. I'm a Yankee. That doesn't Is it mean... the dog? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Shut up, me mangy mutt. <laughs> All right. So, starting off, this week was the season finale of Loki. And my God, if there was ever a Disney Plus series that was top tier, hell, just a Marvel show in general. And I, I consider... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. top tier, and that might be the only other one. 
And I know a lot of people out there are going to be saying, yeah, you're, no, you're an idiot. No, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not top tier. It was low tier. It was it was D minus tier. And I was like, no, no, it it was maybe not S tier, but it was really up there. S minus maybe, but it was up there. It was a solid freaking show. And Loki just about blows it out of the water. It is a fantastic show for the two seasons it had. And it may or may not be done now. There's back and forth uh, online between producers and Tom Hiddleston as to whether or not this is the end of Loki's story. No way. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, he's kind of hinted at the fact that, you know, it's been 14 years he's been playing this character. He's had his ups and downs. He's done two whole run-throughs of character growth. Um, The way Loki Season 2 ends, it was pretty much a perfect ending to the story for Loki. Um, That's not to say that Loki might never return, but at least for now, it really feels like there's nothing else planned. And quite honestly, the way Season 2 ended, it doesn't really seem like there could be a Season 3. Like, it's it's really just setting up the rest of the MCU storylines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm honestly not mad. If, if this is the end of Tom Hiddleston's Loki, like, the dude played the character for 14 years. Yeah, that's very like, true. I just the way that so they're what they're setting up just it seems like it's impossible not to have him come back because he's it really going does. to he's going to play. I mean, ultimately, such a gigantic role in the MCU. Even if he never shows up on the screen again, his character is is a. Uh, Basically, uh, like, a god above gods at this point. Yeah, sitting at the <clears throat> end of time, making sure everything goes the way he wants it. Yeah. Like the it's, ultimate trickster. It's a hell of a job, but if anybody can do it, it's Loki. And my god, that suit transformation as he was walking down the bridge was fantastic. Holy shit. That was a stuff. really, really good suit, too. Alright, so that happened this week, and we also got... A few trailers out of nowhere, uh, all on the same day. Uh, all Marvel. So starting off. Well, hold on. One, yeah. not we. Just, I just saw one today. That's Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and I didn't even know that that was coming out. But apparently, it's serialized. It's going to be a show. I don't huh. know if anybody out there's a Percy Jackson fan, but I read the novels when they came out, and I thought that they were done really well so i'm looking forward to this because the movie i was really not a fan of yeah yeah i've never dived into percy jackson i i do love mythology and all that with the gods and excuse me and all that that stuff but it's just not something i ever got into well that way you can go into the television show without any prejudice deal (laughs) (laughs) i think i will do that uh all right so Starting off, finally we have a trailer for Madam Web. Oh and, my god. And I will be brutally honest here. I always try to give movies the benefit of the doubts. Uh trailer comes out and be like, oh I, I try not to judge it wholeheartedly one hundred percent off the trailer because sometimes you're gonna get a good movie out of a trailer and sometimes you're gonna get a bad movie out of a trailer gonna get a good trailer bad movie bad trailer good movie it happens sometimes you get the whole movie in the trailer you sometimes you, yeah <laughs> in the case, 
Batman v Superman. You got the whole movie in the final trailer. Yep. And I I remember to this day watching and I saw Doomsday like, oh, that's so cool. And I turned to my coworker who was watching it with me and said, they just gave away the third act, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And they did. And there was no surprise after that. <laughs> yep, no surprise. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Okay, so with Madam Web, it I can't say how much of the plot it gives away, but it gives a, a basic understanding of the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the plot that is given doesn't really feel like there's much to it. You have, and pardon me, I don't remember every character's name, but I, I know the code names. Tarantula is chasing down these three girls, and they turn out to be Anya Corazon, uh, Matty, I don't remember her last name, but I, I never read the character, so I don't really know her very well, and uh, shit, who was the second Spider-Woman? It's J- Julia Carpenter. Julia the... Carpenter, thank you. Yeah. So it's those three. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought it was going to be, Madam Web was going to be um, Jessica Drew, but apparently not. No, it is actually, her name's Cassandra. And, Cassandra uh, Webb, yeah. So she starts having these visions after nearly dying and being brought back to life, and she's now connected to the web and mm-hmm. can see the future and finds these three girls uh, on the subway right before they're about to be killed and saves their lives, and the rest of the movie is them just running from Tarantula. Uh, and throughout the movie, the three of them develop their own spider-based powers, and they become respective spider heroes. Anya Corazon becomes Arachne, um, Julia Carpenter becomes Spider-Woman, and again... I, I never read the, the third one, so I don't really know who she is. Uh, but she becomes her spider alter ego from the um, comics. Anya becomes uh, she's Spider Girl or Aranya. Um, I, mean, Julia, I think late, later later she's Arachne. Julia Carpenter is becomes Arachne <laughs> after she gets done being after, the second Spider Woman. After she's Spider Woman. Yep. And then after she's Arachne, she becomes the second Madam Web. Yeah. I knew about that. I could have sworn she was Arachne. Maybe I got it all confused. I mean, you know you know Marvel Comics better than I do. I'm just the, the I'm spider just trying to world get... the, the Spider Man world is very touch and go for me. <laughs> it's it's in it's it's, it's a lot. It's almost as confusing as X-Men. Oh, God. At least for me. that I try to stick to my narrow ground. Peter Parker and Superior Spider-Man. That's my web. I try not to get too deep into anything else. Maybe Miguel O'Hara on a good day. But that's it. I try not to touch anything else. Hey, yeah. Spider-Man 29 is pretty cool, man. He is. I, I've always liked 2099. <clears throat> And, you know, of course, uh, Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't, you got to have Miles Morales. Um, yeah, so that movie's happening, and it's part of the Sony Spider-Man universe. So it, it's, a, it's a universe of Spider-Man movies with no Spider-Man. It's, <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Um, ben and May Parker are in it, though. Or, yeah, so, is it May or Mary? Mary. Is it Mary? Yeah, that's what yes, I'm yes. Ben, ben, and, yes. ben and Mary. Yeah, Ben and Mary Parker are in it as young 
people uh, still like adults there's, maybe in their 20s or 30s from what I understand there's definitely going to be multiverse um, happenings going on and potentially time travel yeah so it, it does remain to be seen where all these movies are taking place because as we know if if all these movies between Craven and Venom and Morbius and, and, and Madam Web if they all exist in the same world what universe is it? Because it's clearly not the MCU. As we saw during the MCU Spider-Man movies, Venom came there through a multiversal portal. So they're clearly not in that same universe. It's obvious, but we still don't know what universe they are in. Uh, so it, it remains to be seen. And I'm, chances I'm are it's going that to it's say... with the rest of them. What do you mean the rest of them? That with craven and venom and all of those i'm assuming no that's like that's that's a, a given i mean like what what spider-man universe are they in oh well i i it's not that, 616 I'm not gonna say toby <laughs> i'm gonna say amazing spider-man maybe andrew garfield we'll see we'll see yep. i know um, um maddie is going to be spider-woman anya is going to be going by Aranya Aranya and and oh and then the other one is Madam Web no but Julia Carpenter Julia Carpenter is um Spider-Woman okay they're both Spider Woman. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking that can't be right. Are you are really you reading? Weird. Are you reading this on Screen Rant? <laughs> uh, I was. I originally got it on uh, Yahoo. Yeah. Okay. Now, apparently, yeah. Even even uh, Screen Rant. I'm looking at it right now, just to confirm. Yeah, Julia Carpenter, Spider Woman, Maddie Franklin, Spider Woman, Anya Cotazon, Spider Girl. Yep. Like that, which is really weird choice. <laughs> but to okay have, yeah to have two two spider women's on the same team right yeah I, I if it was a legacy thing that's one thing but they both get their powers at the, like during this movie <laughs> it's really yeah. really weird well so, maybe they've got the character's name wrong maybe most maybe, likely maybe i mean the trailer didn't really give any names no it didn't and i know that like people are feeling a little trepidatious about it but um i'm the one person that enjoyed morbius uh you are i like the one person <laughs> um there's got to be one other out there jared leto and that's it <laughs> <laughs> um nah matt smith must have enjoyed some of it <laughs> yeah probably just just that dance scene um oh god that was creepy <laughs> um but with craven coming in and supposedly starting kick kick starting off a whole new slew of things um from what i understand in the sony spider-verse uh i'm gonna say that this is all of it is gonna end up in a giant mess. um i guess how, how do you want to put that there's gonna be a mess. shit ton of crossover it, it's gonna be a mess <laughs> 
it's gonna be a huge fucking mess. <laughs> I really hope not because I'm hoping for the order. I'm hoping for the order of the web. That's what I want. I want the yeah, order I... of the web to pop up. That gives me Silk and the Spider Gwen and Miles Morales on film too. As awesome as that would be, yes. I think that's very hopeful. It is very hopeful. Very hopeful thinking. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't think I'd ever get a Morbius movie either. Yeah, You know, true. the one thing that pisses me off is the fact that Sony doesn't own Ghost Rider or Blade. Like, Blade and Ghost Rider are MCU properties, yeah. and Morbius is a Sony property, which means I'm never, ever, ever going to get the Midnight Suns book that I want, or movie that I want. See, you're so close that you should have flipped that. You said it's a damn shame that Ghost Rider and Blade aren't Sony properties. Well, <laughs> I meant Morbius isn't characters. a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Morbius should be with Marvel right now. Yeah, all of them should be that. with Marvel right now. But they, they definitely are kind of hinting to, like, the MCU is hinting to so many different directions right now with the Young Avengers, with New Avengers, with Dark Avengers, with, um, uh, like, cosmic people, like, cosmic adventures, and I said adventures, not a, not Avengers, the same. Yeah. And, and, and even, even Midnight Suns as well like they're hinting towards that like there's so many different avenues are going right now that i i know it might not be the team you want 100 percent. yeah i want i want i want the couple's definitely story. going to get a midnight suns movie at some point but it won't i think be it's dark almost hold. a given they could definitely use the dark hold why not because morbius ain't in it and it'll but break my heart a little bit morbius has like they've used the dark hold in the mcu already like he's not exclusive to the dark hold oh you <laughs> I want that old book. I, I will. Do you know what? What I, I get what you're talking about, but like you know what? Like that's what I'm I mean. Like about you're you're not gonna get the the Midnight Suns movie you want, but you're going to get a Midnight Suns movie. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I didn't get the Midnight Suns video game I wanted either. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was an old style beat 'em up action adventure like Ultimate Alliance was, would have fucking loved it. But apparently it wasn't. I've yet to see gameplay from that game, and it came out a year ago. Midnight Suns? Midnight Suns, yeah. I heard it was like XCOM, and I was like, eh. XCOM was fun and all, but I don't know if I want to play a Marvel version. I didn't even really enjoy Mario plus Rabbids that much. I don't like that game at all. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, this could be better. Like, it's, it's kind of weird <clears throat> to play Mario like this, but... Yeah, I just don't think I could do the same with Marvel. Um, all right, so speaking of multiverse style stuff, uh, another trailer we got out of Marvel this week is what the hell's it called? What if season two? I forgot the name of the show. Uh, what I, if season I two? About that. We got a brief glimpse at various stories. A lot of the stories are seem to be continuations from uh, things that were left up in season one. Uh, we're going to see return to some of the 80s characters. Um, and uh, little Peter Quill is going to come back. 
as we saw at the end of one of the stories in season one, that'll be very interesting. Gamora is back uh, in space, most likely the same Gamora that we saw in season one. There's a few different uh, stories that we see returning, as well as some new ones. So something to look forward to. It looks really good. Um, and we also got some casting news. Feckin' finally, in fact, I'm just going to double check that there hasn't been another update. I've been semi unplugged today. Uh, that we have. Oh. Oh, hang on. Uh. Okay, never mind. Uh, so Mr. Fantastic has been cast, and it is Pedro Pascal. Oh, it has he, been cast. He it, has he, been he's, cast. He's official. Sweet. No, wait. Hold he's, on. In he's the signed. Way. In, in in for a movie in the Fantastic Four movie, yeah, live action. Fuck yes, yeah. He all he right. signed yesterday. I am all about Pedro Pascal. I really mm-hmm. enjoy his his work, man. A very interesting choice too for Mister Fantastic. I'm excited to see where he'll take the character. Me too. Me too. Yeah, should be interesting. Should be very interesting. Very very interesting. Um. I need to see Doom and I need to see Ben. I, I just need to see all five of them. We there there was a rumor earlier this week. I shared it in chat yesterday that the Fantastic Four cast will be revealed this week, and we got Mister Fantastic. We got Reed. We're just waiting on the rest, at least the main four, the the core four of the family, right. uh, and hopefully Doctor Doom will also be announced. Uh, is it weird that I kind of hope Doctor Doom is Mark Strong? Uh, that just came to me, and I'm like, I fucking love that idea. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he would. I bet you he could pull it off. He could definitely pull it off. Dude's got so much range. Yeah, I think I think he could. He pulled off Sinestro in a movie nobody liked. Yep. If anybody can do it, it's Mark Strong. <laughs> he he was the best nice. part of Green Lantern, and he, I will admit I mean, that. The only the only thing working against him is that he's he's noticeably older than than the than the Richards. That's fine. Doctor Doom wears a mask ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I suppose if we don't watch the origin for Doctor Doom. I mean, they can digitally de-age him a decade or so. Pedro Pascal doesn't look that young either. Obviously, Mark Strong is significantly older than Pedro Pascal, but Pedro Pascal doesn't look like he's in his 20s. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. So it definitely seems like they they could be going for an older Fantastic Four. I wouldn't oh, mind if they, they jump into the first family already with their abilities. That's really what i want yeah excuse me do it like they did spider-man skip the origin just go straight to the story yep we all know it's very simple we don't need the scientific explanations just skip it and go for it yep four people were in space flew through some cosmic goo shit cloud stuff and boom they've got powers yeah even if they just do like a ten minute montage at the beginning and show us like how grotesque their transformations could be, because if you've read like the the first appearance of Fantastic Four when when they first got their abilities, like it was Messed near up. horrific. Yeah, <laughs> for 
sure. Yeah, so it's if they are if they're able to do that and give it a a horror like twist just for a few minutes at the beginning, I'd be good with that. Like that would be fantastic. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially for Ben. Yes. Yeah. I can't even. <laughs> yes, I can, and I really want yeah. to see it now. Like him screaming in pain, and his body's just like morphing and pushing. It would be great. That if, would be fantastic. It would be great if we saw that, and it wouldn't even take like three, no more than five minutes. And oh, really? And, yeah, and like three minutes even. And and, and I, I, I would even then say it ten. could be Ben popping up as the thing. And what we just saw was him having a a, a, a nightmare about oh, what had happened. There you go. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ben would be the one to have the nightmare. Yeah. He would. Yep. I was like remembering that. I'm like, well, here I am, this grotesque monster. Yep. Yeah. All I ask is because I'm I'm still I'm currently reading the 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 current run of Fantastic Four. Oh shit! And I, I forgot about that. You haven't read it yet? No, I started reading it, and then I, I, I forgot about reading it. <laughs> I, uh, how, how far have you gotten into it? I want to say three issues. Three. Okay, yeah. So you're that's behind. the read and sue-centric issue. Yes. No. No, wait. Johnny. I will. Was, I think it was Ben and Alicia first, and then it was read and sue, and then it was Johnny collections and then they got back together yes that's it yeah yeah it was the johnny issue with this mustache (laughs) which i will tell you 10 issues later he still has it (laughs) it's fantastic um right the artist i can't remember the artist name off the top of my head i i'm pretty sure it's been the same artist for all 13 issues so far i've been cuolo Yes, the there's and Ivan Fiore. many many panels for Ben that he draws him, and he's got no neck, no he's neck, all on top of a body, and it looks so freaking weird. <laughs> I well, like. I mean, that's how I remember look, him that's, being drawn. That's the only part I don't like. That's how. That's how I when I was a kid and I was reading Fantastic Four. He didn't have a neck. It was a boulder on top of a bigger boulder. <laughs> was it? <laughs> was arms. it really just that? Yeah. It was. It was Kirby, right, Jack Kirby? I'm gonna look that up because, like, I could have sworn Ben had something. I mean, it was. It was a little flatter. It wasn't the complete ball. Well, no, it wasn't a complete ball. <laughs> but like, like it did look like a head. Yeah, like it definitely is still. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. It looks like a boulder on top of a bigger boulder. But, <laughs> but with with this Fantastic Four, literally, like you see the thing's head curve, uh-huh. and you see it's like a like a full oval shape, and it just kind of like there's a point and a point, and that's where his neck is. <laughs> it's. It's like a boulder balancing on another boulder. It's really freaking off-putting. <laughs> like, how does this guy eat? Carefully. He eats a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, what were we talking there's about? There's <laughs> 13 or 14? Uh, I 
think I want to say there's 13, but there might be 14. I just know the newest one came out this week. All right. Part two of a very fun story. Well, I, I'm going to be getting back on it. I hope you do, because I want to talk to people about how great this series is. And because of this week in DC Comics, I'm going to be losing myself in a bunch of Wildstorm. Oh, God, will you ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the news. It's all the news that fits. Oh, the Marvels came out this week as well to a less than stellar opening box office, but I suspect this weekend will be a hell of a lot better. At least I hope so. At least I'm going to go see it this weekend. Fingers crossed that it's done with the incel bullshit. It never will be. We've been hearing incels complain about Captain Marvel and Brie Larson for the past six fucking years. Uh, It's never going to stop, unfortunately. Feminists be in a lead role. That gummit. Can can I just say it's not it's not our fault your mom didn't love you motherfucker. <laughs> and, <laughs> can I can I just say and this has been on my mind for a couple of days now. You get all these people complaining and bitching about women in lead roles and how they they want to see more men in lead roles. You know, women aren't funny. Women shouldn't be in the lead role. And then. You're like, you know, you know, why why is it gotta be gay? Why can't he just be straight? Why is it why can't he whatever? Like, so pick a lane. Do you 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 wanna see more men in a role? Because that sounds pretty gay, bro. <laughs> you wanna see less women, you wanna see more men. But you don't wanna see I read men, Playgirl men with for men. the articles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kill me. <laughs> like that's I just like can choose. Do you want to see men or do you not want to see men? You want to see straight men? You you want to look at men? That sounds pretty gay, man. Sounds pretty like, gay. Yeah. I don't know. You might be a bit of a doo chaser yourself. What <laughs> <laughs> <fuck> was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's from way back. Way back. It sounds familiar. Oh. <clears throat> Now I've got to look it up, damn it. <laughs> uh, all right, so that, I think, is all the news. What's this you sent? Oh, the the gameplay. Oh, okay, I'll look that up later. Uh, I'll watch the gameplay in a little bit. Mm. Now, yeah, uh, play a Digimon game, Josh. <laughs> no, I'm not playing a Digimon game. Why not? Oh, it's from Booty Call. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, way back. It's got Tommy Davison and Jamie uh, Foxx in it. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> I, I like both those guys. It's it's from a long time ago. I want to say 97. Damn. Yeah, it's That's an a old long time movie. ago. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, I was just seven. remember. Just shot. <laughs> hey. The point is, I was alive. 97, I had my first kid. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. That Jasper was your first kid? Uh, My my first kid was Austin. The one that made me a grandpa. Twice. Fucking Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 yeah. 
I I I have a I have a lot of children. Yeah. Bi- biologically, I have Austin in order: Austin, Tanner, Jasper, Mason, Natalie, and then my two stepkids, um, who are just as awesome, uh, Liam and Dash. Right. So seven altogether. That I've already done. I've already done. Paid for, raised, and gotten out of the house the first five. Right on. Yeah. Now I'm starting all over with a ten and a seven year old. (laughs) Well, six years ago it was much younger than that. Yeah. We we commend you on the dad front. (laughs) (laughs) You veteran, you. Um, No, but why 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 wouldn't you play a Digimon game? Because now like. Josh and Isaiah are not like Kirk and Isaiah are going back and forth about whether you should like uh, because I I can't I really can't stand Pokemon games like I tried to sit down and play what's it called uh with with Isaiah um Nuzlocke oh, okay that's just it's I honestly Isaiah should not have started you on a Nuzlocke challenge <laughs> well I mean it wasn't so much as a challenge as us playing together and him just kind of uh guiding me through the first couple levels of it and I'm like this the I I I got 10 minutes into it and I'm already over walking through grass. Yeah. The whole idea of the game is to bond with the sprites that you catch and form a, a somewhat emotional attachment to them. Whether you yeah. played the base game or Nuzlocke or not, that's the whole like sub story of Pokemon is they're your friends and you want to treat them as such. Yeah, I'm just I'm not gonna do that. That's <laughs> now I will tell you, I will tell you, don't compare Pokemon to Digimon games because they could not be similar in the slightest. I have this weird feeling that Digimon games are way closer to Dragon Ball games. No, no, honestly, Digimon is kind of its own class and literally when even when it comes to the four base digimon world games all four of those were different too like there was no single type of digimon game that was existing throughout the entire franchise first digimon world was like because digimon started as as a gigapet you remember tamagotchis it, it was like that um so the digimon world was a big console version and you were in a world and you were saving the world but you you still had a digital pet you were taking care of. You had to feed it and train it and make sure it went to the washroom properly. Like <laughs> It was like that, but it went in a big open world. The second one was a turn-based combat game. <clears throat> uh, that's what Isaiah is talking about, then. Yeah, but it was very war-oriented at the same time. And Digimon World 3 was the one that's probably closest to Pokemon. It was also turn-based combat, um, but again, it was, it was built around digital world and the findings there and it was more a love letter to the fans of anything digimon world 4 was completely reflowed and it was uh kind of an open world action adventure and you just played as digimon like there was no turn-based combat there was no taking care of digimon you played as the digimon and you went into the digital world you had a weapon and you liberated stuff it was a complete revitalization for the franchise. And it might be my favorite one. You're muted. Whoops. That happens all the time. Um, I'll have to look up some gameplay. Yeah. If 
if you're going to enjoy any of them, are probably going to be four Digimon World four. Right. Um, it was very basic in terms of of how you play. It was literally just action adventure, hack and slash, go through the levels, beat the enemies. Got repetitive after a while because the enemies were just after a while they were reskinned, but they were stronger, so you had to improve as well. Uh, it was closer to like a traditional RPG without turn based combat. Yeah, the the last turn based game I played. And I don't, it don't, <laughs> a lot of people aren't going to agree with this, but the only reason why I kept playing it was because I fucking loved the story, but right. uh, Final Fantasy 15. Okay. I've never played 15, so I can't really say one way or another. Uh, if Isaiah was listening right now, he'd be writing in on the chat <laughs> telling me how wrong I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if he hops on. It's, uh... <laughs> so that's all the news and enough uh, and, and, and that's all the news and um, talking me into playing pet games my kids would probably shit because they love uh, Adopt Me and Pet Simulator X whatever those games are but they're the same thing you gotta love your pet and take care of it and level it up and all that shit. And you can go into some kind of marketplace and trade your pets for better pets or evolve them and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it sounds like a bunch of Pokemon stuff that isn't $60 a game. Yeah. Okay. He, he says you are very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be just JRPGs are not necessarily your thing apart from Final Fantasy. I mean, I know that there were other ones that I enjoyed, but yeah, but yeah the simple... Those simple I, games are just... I, I just I, can't. I can't get into a game that's got a huge narrative because typically the story is very long mm -hmm. and... I don't have the attention span to stick with that. I'm starting to think I have ADD. <laughs> right? The, the older I get, the more I think maybe this is true and I should go talk to my doctor. Um, but, like, I I have enjoyed some hefty, long story games like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII. I've enjoyed many Pokemon games. Uh, and I played a lot of Digimon. And, like, but... So, for example, Cyber Sleuth, Digimon World, Cyber Sleuth, which is what Isaiah recommended to you the other day. And I said, if you enjoy reading a game, by all means, go for it. <laughs> that game is so dialogue heavy that I was wondering when I was going to start two hours in. Yeah, dude, I was like that when I fired up Tears of the Kingdom. I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I didn't have that experience with TOTK, like I was able to. It felt like Breath of the Wild, still, just with more features. It did. I just hate hate, hate the, like the the long ass interactive cutscene you start out with drove me fucking batty. And base really any of those games that start out with a huge cutscene kind of drives me bonkers. I I honestly would rather a huge cutscene that then jumps into gameplay, as opposed to a game that is one long dialogue box with a bit of gameplay sprinkled in between. 
Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> I need to be immersed in the game, which means that the graphics got to look good, the story's got to be good, the cameras and the controls got to be good. Cameras and controls, by far, is a necessity. If you don't have those two, your game is not going to do well. Nope. But I could give two shits about graphics. Done. Well, I, I mean, I know about that. You, you, you're completely fine with square Pixels. pixelated. Yeah, like, I have more fun these days with pixel, like, modern-day pixel games than I do with AAA 3D render titles. I just, I can't. I find too many modern AAA titles are too glitchy because they're so busy trying to make all these models work with each other where you have a 3d or you have a not a non-3d just pixel based game you're like okay shoot yeah we're good hey it's fucking perfect it's very simple but again that's my taste it's it's like everybody's taste it really yeah. is it really is the indie market is huge oh yeah like plus add on to the fact that like i i don't have time to sink hours into a a huge narrative game and that's what most triple a titles are these days if you're gonna play legacy i like i i love that game if you're gonna play a triple a title you gotta play the whole thing so you get the whole story Mm -hmm. but if i play an indie title that's just a pixel shooter I don't got to worry about a fucking story. I can jump in, jump out whenever. The levels no. are short. The gameplay is simple. I, it's easy to get into. Now, um, uh, that that Contra ripoff, or con, oh, not, Broforce. Not Contra, yeah, Broforce. That's yeah. what it is. That yeah. shit's fun as hell. Oh, God, yeah. And that's all pixels. It is. Yeah. So, again, it, it that's, that's the point I've been trying to make to ye, for years to people is... Graphics don't matter. What matters is the gameplay. No, graphics matter to a point. Graphics matter depending on the game. I, I'm still not convinced on that. I would not pay like one is a... penny uh-huh. or spend one minute playing Mass Effect 3 if it didn't look as good as it did. You could have never got me to play a Metro game if it did not look the way that it did. And Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. But if it wouldn't have looked the way that it did, if it would have been pixelated, there's, it wouldn't it wouldn't have appealed to me the same way. But what, what if it was 3D polygons like Gauntlet on PlayStation 2? I mean, no. <laughs> no, that, that, no. Those games didn't look... Like, I loved the PlayStation 2 when <clears throat> it came out because that was top of the line and it made me yeah. go holy shit look at this and you know then it became just the new version of the super nintendo yeah meanwhile i found my ps2 last week and i'm itching to play some games but now, I, I, I borrowed shadow of the colossus from my brother-in-law and i'm like waiting to plug it in <laughs> I never, never got to play that did you ever play medieval medieval yeah yeah did Loved you ever it. play part two? I didn't get two? very far, but I, I played it. Uh, no, I didn't get it around to playing the second one. It's fucking great. And it was on the PS2. But, um, all right, should we get into uh, 
Should we get into some comic books while we're 45 think, minutes into the show? <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, I think we should. Uh, if you want to start us off with our honorable mentions, please. I definitely can. There is a number of them this week. Danger Street number 11, Superman Lost number 8, World's Finest Teen Titans number 5. That's on here because of lack of space. Uh, Wesley Dodds and Sandman number 2. Uh, we also got the Power Girl trade that just came out, Superman versus Meshi number 10, Batman Justice Buster number 5, and Husk, A Tale from the Weed Killer Wastewoods number 1. And I don't even know what that two. last one is. Like, <laughs> um, where was have, that? Have you ever heard of Ash Nicole? No, She's I don't a think so. singer, rapper, blue hair, very weird sounds familiar um she she got super famous a couple of years ago with a song called sick or stupid excuse me that sounds a bit spell the name a-s-h-n-i-k-k-o okay yeah i have i have seen her yeah yeah so she partnered up with dc to put this book out Okay, well, that's pretty cool. It is. I strongly suggest you pick it up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's it's a pretty damn good book. Um, I'll tell y'all more about it when we get to it too, but uh, the art is banging. Uh, the story's very interesting. It's, just, it's a bit too short because it comes in around, I think it was like 17 pages or something, but mm. um, it was damn good. Oh, right on. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Fair it's enough. digital download only as of right now. Right. Fair enough. All right, now we're going to get into our regular books of the week, right? Indeed. <sighs> oh, my God, if I clear my damn throat. All right, we are starting off with Wildcats number twelve. It's the final issue of the run. Don't don't say ten two. Don't don't no. Ten no. two was fucking great. No. Final Fantasy ten point two was fun. Both of them no. were a blast. I would get back on ten point two just to play Blitzball. But 10 had Blitzball, and it was better. <laughs> I, I would play both of them just to play Blitzball. I, I had to continue the story, and it was I thought it was dead. Fair enough. Uh, plus, 15 had a movie? Wow. Yeah. And it fills in the holes. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll stick to Advent Children. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Wildcast number twelve, the last issue. All's Ooh. well that ends well is the title. This is written by Matthew Rosenberg with art from Danny Kim and Tom Derenick. Colors from Elmer Santos, and letters from Farron Delgado. Can you still hear me? I can. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting yeah. a weird like ding in my ear. Uh, like something just got unplugged on my computer. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out that and nothing got unplugged that wasn't supposed to. All right. Uh, might have been my phone. So I'm charging my phone on this too. Whoops. Uh, right. And a cover from Steven Segovia and Elmer Santos. Now bear with me 
Um, kind of jumps around a bit, and there's a lot of things left open by the end, but we'll get there. Um, so we open up on Maul. He's still trapped in the containment cell, but this is two hours prior to where the last issue left off. He is freed by a masked person uh, who, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't recognize. Oh, shit. What's his name? But apparently he was in the book already. <laughs> There's been yeah. so many characters in this series. I'm, I'm having trouble keeping track. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a friend. And he's been working undercover for two years. Um, and he was with the Seven Soldiers. But now he's defecting back to working with uh, Lynch and the Wildcats and helping Maul escape. Uh, meanwhile, in the present uh, two hours later from those events we see the two teams fighting their respective enemies uh fairchild uh and and this team fighting the spartan androids as well as <clears throat> excuse me grifter and his backlash team. backlash thank you backlash Jeez. grifter taking on the court of owls talons uh and both teams are having a hard time keeping up with what's going on um the Halliday, wearing his Court of Owls mask, is calling for the Seven Soldiers to come back, but Martian Manhunter, Batman, Black Canary, and Arsenal are making work of the Seven Soldiers, and quite honestly, I think that's the last we see of them. <laughs> so, Bye-bye. Uh, they, they just don't come back. Uh, Black Canary finds one of the comp pieces that fell out of one of their ears and mentions to Halliday that you know they're busy right now, so they won't be able to come to the phone. Um... Fairchild gets a little tired as while uh, Spartan is punched through the chest and taken out of action, leaving only uh, Lady Tron to fight against uh, Boyd as well as a whole bunch of Spartan robots. Uh, she was trying to rewrite the code for Spartan robots to stop fighting them, but instead she couldn't access and instead switched to Toggle, which made all the uh, robots all over the world switch to war mode and attack every soldier that they're supposed to be fighting with but now fighting against uh, which will basically ruin any chance they have of selling the Spartan robots uh, to any military ever again because they can't be trusted uh, and that's when Void uh, just kind of says well shit I guess I'll just have to go to plan B uh, that's when uh... oh no that's, that's sorry I was thinking of a wrong character uh, <clears throat> Grifter's team is having a hard time um, as well. I'm, I can't remember. It's not Cray. God damn it! Who is the who? Which one? one of them? One of them is de- Voodoo. I think is Voodoo. The one that gets stabbed in the neck. Yeah. Yes, that's Voodoo. Yeah. So Voodoo was down. She got stabbed in the neck. She's bleeding out. Um, after Zealot she is, says that she's not going to die for another four years. Four years. And that will be to an explosion surrounded by people she loves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zealot is dealing with Warblade and is able to stab him through the chest, essentially killing him. Uh, but she is also exhausted and potentially bleeding. Uh, Grifter. Yeah, he grabbed her. He stuck his claws into her abdomen. I say I was on the fence about whether that actually happened because she didn't react to that. Oh yeah, she did. Um, 
Let me. Oh, that, oh, even a hack can get lucky sometimes. Oh, okay, I yep. get it now. I get that now. Um, right, so there backs up against the window, and that is when Whiplash comes in and helps out a little bit, uh, grabs Voodoo, and jumps out the window, potentially to safety. Uh, over at Lady Tron, she is half the woman she used to be, quite literally. She's only the top half. Her legs are missing, and I think an arm as well. Mm-hmm. That's when Maul shows up and uh, as Michael Cray, and he just rips all the robots to shreds. But he also gets a little too big-headed since he's in Maul's body. And as uh, Maxine remind, tries to remind him that the more rage he feels and the bigger his body gets, the more his mind uh, gets smaller. Uh, yeah, but it's, like it's a little too late. Rage, Incredible Hulk, with the volume turned up. Yeah. Uh, it's a little too late for Kray, though, as Maul's body is just huge at this point, so he's too far gone for Maxine to get a hold of him. Um, meanwhile, Grifter gets stabbed by one of the, the Talons, and uh, Zealot is able to save him. And that's when Grifter realizes their backs are, are completely up against the window now, the open window that uh, Whiplash. Backlash. Um, backlash, sorry. Backlash. I knew that was going to happen. It's going to get <laughs> confused with the Iron Man villain. Uh, backlash jumped out of with uh, Voodoo. It's too many fucking characters, man. <laughs> um, so Grifter pushes Zealot out the window, knowing that she would survive, and he is ready to sacrifice himself. Um, but that is when he plays his trump card as Halliday turns on the TV to Grifter's request to find a news report uh, with a video that Grifter had sent out prior to the mission to all the news outlets of him detailing the Wildcats himself, uh, the fact that they are essentially a terrorist organization working for the Halo Corporation, and it's all being spearheaded by Halliday, uh, essentially killing any chance they have of remaining undercover and having their plans stick to fruition. Halliday orders the Talons to kill Grifter, but they don't move, as Grifter reminds Halliday, maybe the court is not too pleased with the fact that all your dirty laundry's out in the open. So the Talons leave, Halliday runs away, and Grifter slumps over after lighting a cigarette. Uh, the only problem left uh, is the Void. Uh, Maul is going all Maulish, and Maxine can't really do anything, but Fairchild wakes up, just in time to sprinkle the radioactive dust all over Void and uh, reverting her to her normal form. And that's when Maxine blows herself up, killing Void in the process. Uh, And then we get a little bit of epilogue, seeing where everybody is. Uh, Some people are off on retirement. Uh, Holy shit. Grifter has a little bit of a monologue. Uh the whole time as we see soldiers converging on his position he's slumped over uh on on a field position blood around him you pretty much think he's dead uh fairchild holding maxine's head (laughs) because she blew herself up uh fairchild is back in school midnighter gets a package called the death blow system which is very interesting uh we then Uh, see maxine blow is michael cray yeah um and then we see Maxine back uh, in a full body at what looks to be Burning Man. <laughs> Just having a good time. And then we also see Grifter is also still alive uh, and he's been arrested. 
but as he finishes uh, the his monologue at the end of the issue, uh, he's going to have to spend the rest of his life paying for all the horrible shit he's done. Uh, he just has some other stuff to get to before that, as we see Zealots watching the police truck drive away with Grifter, thinking maybe she's going to free him. Uh, so, hell of a final issue, wrapped up basic of basis of the story uh, with the Halo Corporation and all that jazz and the Void. Uh, but there are some holes left open. And whether that's intentional for later story or if it was just Matthew Rosenberg didn't have time or he didn't know how to end it, I don't know. What <laughs> holes are we looking at here? Like Maul. Like what, what happened to Maul after that? We never oh. saw what happened to him. Uh, last we saw, he was just a rage-filled monster. I, I don't know enough about Maul to really know if Cray was able to calm down, but like we never saw where Cray went after that. Cray well, uh, is on the hard drive. But Cray was also in Maul's body. Right. Uh, I don't think... Well, I mean, I guess technically you're right. We We didn't exactly see what happened to Maul, so... Yeah, so that was left open. All right. Um, what but what, what the was, fuck happened? He was with in there when, He was in there with when Lady Tron um blew, blew herself up. up. Yeah, yeah, but like he, I think he was far enough away that could he be would have. Like would've he's also survived. big. Yeah, yeah he's a, like he you also mofo. see Fairchild hiding behind Spartan's body mm-hmm. and survived that. So. Uh, but also, like, what the fuck is up with Backlash? That was out of nowhere. And never got a full explanation on that. Unless we're... being on the Super 7? or uh... Seven Soldiers. Yes. Jesus. And then being undercover. Like, who was he really? And, like... Because he was, he was hinting the whole time when he was talking to Grifter and talking to Maul. I was like, what, you don't recognize me? You don't know who I am? You know who I am. And they never really let us know who he is. <laughs> and then he got away with Voodoo. Is Voodoo still alive? We don't know. Like, is, is Voodoo yes, dead do. or is Voodoo going to die in four years to an explosion surrounded by people she loved, which is what she said was going to happen. Yeah, on that, <laughs> in the beach, um, at the end of it. Oh, uh, that was Voodoo. To the, yeah, that's Marlo, uh, Voodoo, and Spartan. Oh, I didn't know that was Voodoo. I'm yep. going to be honest with you. I did not realize that was Voodoo. Okay. All right, so that explains that. And just like, I feel like there was a lot more left to tell. Oh, it just, it, I, I feel it like it's just the Grifter like... story is pretty oh, much we... what it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and the seven soldiers were kind of just beat up by some superheroes and we never saw them again. Like, what happened to those guys? <laughs> well, uh, with Halliday gone, I imagine nothing. <laughs> I imagine that they're going to be sitting their asses in jail. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that they were able to rebuild Spartan though, and he's just a bodyguard to uh, Marlo. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what he's supposed to be, and it looks like he's going to have a rather easier time doing it now. Yeah, at least for a little bit. So I, I, that's the issues I had where it felt like there was a lot more story to tell, but the story they finished was Grifter's story. Technically, Technically. they set up more Grifter stuff, but like mm-hmm. they also set up a lot more to come. Um, 
Now, I want to ask you a question. And okay. I was hoping Brandon would be here too. I could ask you both the question. Both of you know a lot more about Wildstorm than I do. Did Midnighter and the Deathblow system ever have an interaction in the past? Like, is there Midnighter... any significance to Midnighter receiving the Deathblow system in a package? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, they used to be on the team together. Okay. So it was potentially Midnighter could bring Deathblow back. Yeah. And okay, with Midnighter's supercomputer in his head, that starts just asking, it starts me asking all kinds of questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what's he going to do with the hard drive? And does that mean that Deathblow is going to end up in Midnighter's head? Cause that, that would be, be fucking wild. Cool. That would be fucking wild. I'm cool with it. <laughs> was Was this, like, during their time on Stormwatch? Was that below on the Stormwatch team, or was this a different... I uh, want to say it was Wildcats. You're testing my memory now. But I want to say that they were together on Wildcats. But I didn't be... even know Midnight was on the Wildcats team. Now I'm going to have to look. <laughs> I, that's, that's not a big deal. That's, that's why I was hoping Brandon would be here, too, to fill in any gaps you might not remember. Yes. Uh, he was on Stormwatch and The Authority. Okay, so not Wildcats. No, I mean, close enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that makes sense. So I, I'm excited about that. As as we'll see later on, there's a lot more Wildstorm stuff to talk about. So it definitely feels like there's a couple of writers right now in DC that are basically just working on, excuse me, Wildstorm stories, uh, which is very exciting. I couldn't agree more. Yep. Uh, very very interesting stuff. I do hope Matthew Rosenberg is a central point going forward when it comes to Wildstorm stuff because he seems to really know the characters, really appreciate the characters and will treat them right. Um, and this is coming from somebody that didn't really fuck with Wildstorm back in the day. Uh, but just reading 12 issues of Wildcats and a couple of Grifter mini-stories, it, it feels like Matthew Rosenberg really knows what to do with these characters. So I'm, I'm sold. This issue, as much as it left a lot open for me, um, I still really enjoyed it. I'll give it a 7.75 out of 10. I, Dude, I, <laughs> I'm sitting here flipping every single page going, holy shit. I'm like, Spartan's destroyed. Ladytron is dead. Warblade is dead. The Void is dead. Halliday is dead. Xana might be dead. Voodoo might be dead. Grifter might be dead. Caitlyn's the only one that made it out unscathed. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> we get to she see... <laughs> right we get to see um we get to see later on that uh you know voodoo marlo and spartan are all okay we get to see lady tron and grifter and that, that that's good I, i'm 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 super glad about that uh midnighter receiving the death blow system um and cole saying that he's got stuff to do before he can go to jail my biggest question is when do i get the next wildcat series um the anything that's left open i just i had this loving hopeful feeling in my heart that rosenberg is going to come back and finish they're not finish but continue the the wildcat story i really hope so i thought the whole damn thing was awesome this story throughout the whole entire series um the art has always been awesome and I feel like this issue definitely shines that way. 12 
issues and I loved every single one. I need I need more, like a whole bunch more. I thought it was gold, man. Eight point seven five out of ten. Right on. Yeah, I, I'm honestly thinking now, like, is Jim Lee going to come back at any time? And like, does he does he have any fond memories of these characters? They're like, yeah. Oh shit, yeah, of course he that, does. That was a good time. Maybe I got to get in on this. Like, does he feel any nostalgia seeing Matthew Rosenberg play with these characters? <laughs> He's got to. Like, I'm expecting Wildcats two to come out, and Jim Lee just at least drawing a cover. That yes, at least you're yeah. on the cover. I don't yeah. I don't see him taking on a full series. He's got no. his, he's got his hands full running the place. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um yeah, I do I do hope we see Wildcats again, but as I stated uh later on, I believe in our bonus show, we are going to dive into a lot more Wildstorm contents, uh, which kind of surprised us all this week. <laughs> but there's it, there's it. a lot more Wildstorm to come. So well, I'm sure we'll see the Wildcats again somewhere. Somewhere Indeed. along the way. Maybe not the whole and, team, uh, but at least some of them. Right. I Speaking mean, we're of... already seeing Xena in uh, Birds of Prey, so. Yes, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, from one covert action team wait. to another? We covered Birds of Prey last week, right? We did. Yeah. That's weird, because I remember reading the issue. I don't remember talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. Uh, yeah, so we, yeah, like you said, we're one Cobra team to another. This is the vigil number six. Again, final issue. Indeed. Written by Ram V, art from Devmalia Promenik and Norm Ratman, Rain Barredo colors, and Dave Sharp on lettering with that cover from Sumit Kumar. And God, I love his covers. Um, so the issue starts off with Castle. He's playing chess and letting everybody know how everything is going to go down while as the as the last issue showed the team was split up all over they were all pissed off at the dock and that was it um castle gets a phone call from hep and lets him know exactly where he stands which was against him meanwhile hep sent mr wall after the rest of the team just as castle said would happen uh wall does manage to take that uh take down dynamo by blinking him out of existence with his gun which lets him focus his powers at a target his power is basically he can unmake somebody um separates all of their molecules removes their ability to join together uh castle baits him into shooting him with it and you guessed it it does nothing castle has correctly assumed everything that mr wall has set into motion and counteracted them. Shooting Castle didn't work because Arc Light is basically the exact opposite of Wall in terms of his power. And Arc Light fries the shit out of Mr. Wall after Castle says goodbye. That's the end of Wall and most of Hep's attack force. Uh, the government shows up and it's time to skaddle. Ski daddle. Uh, see, Dodge is more than just a short burst of speed or teleportation. Uh, she can pilot their base like a ship, and that's exactly what she does. She teleports all of them away inside the base that she's flying to a place where most people will never find them, a place where they can travel between realities. The Vigil is now in the bleed, and I did not see that coming. No. But, um, <laughs> That was this, way out of left field. Yeah, it was, but I'm curious as to where they go now, because it does yeah. say the Vigil will return, and my fingers are crossed that it'll be sooner rather than later. 
Uh, I feel like the series had a little bit of a murky start for some people, but I was really interested in issue number one. Here we are at the end of the very first series, and I'm already craving more. The series progressed wonderfully, painted the characters' personalities great, especially given the fact that it was only six issues. Um, the art's been great through the whole thing. Line work from both of them, and the colors were the cherry on top. And the story, um, shit, Rom V just nails it again. Big, big fan, and he almost never lets me down. 8.5 out of 10. Uh, now, I, I will preface with I was definitely one of those people where it was a little murky to start, but only because I, I knew it was a six-issue mini, and the first three or four issues were character showcases. And I was curious, like, how yeah. how much story are we going to get in six issues if you're spending half the run, uh, each issue on one character, introducing the team? It felt like there wasn't much plot to be had. But it did surprise me. By the fifth issue, we got like all the fucking plot at once, and it all made sense. Um, and I honestly, at this point, I should learn to just trust in Rom V. The guy knows what he's doing, oh, yeah, and he, he he told a definitive story. Mm-hmm. And there, obviously, it's not done because he has more story to tell. But with the six issues he had, he used it wisely. He used it really well, and he told an awesome fucking story. I love ArcLight. <laughs> I'm gonna be I honest with you right now. Arclight was badass, <laughs> and Castle, like Castle, was actually pretty dope in this issue. Uh, Castle was kind of quiet for the other issues, but for this issue, it's like, oh my god, yes, <laughs> this kid knows. <laughs> School this man with your words. <laughs> it was, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, no, this issue, I, I will tell you right now, eight point seven five out of ten. Uh, you know what maybe not nine nine out of ten it was actually like it was actually really fucking good really good way to end it and definitely a huge way to tease more to come by having them in a ship in the bleed right. <laughs> and then saying they will return like okay could, where <laughs> it could yeah. go any literally anywhere anywhere any when right and i'm any, any i'm excited for when it comes back yeah Volume I, two, I baby. don't see. Bring it on. I'll be honest. I don't necessarily see them giving it a, a second series, but that team is definitely going to pop up somewhere. For sure. Yeah. Probably in a Rom V story. Which <laughs> it better be Rom V. <laughs> which which makes me wonder what Rom V has up his sleeve. Because <laughs> right now he's writing detective comics and. I think that's it. Yeah, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Just like you know, Johnson has more. Because, let's face it, we didn't get his coup de grace on action comics. There's nope. got to be more coming. Uh, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. We, we know he's not completely like full-fisted on Green Lantern War Journal. He has a story he's going to tell, and it's maybe six to eight issues after that he doesn't really have anything else (laughs) he has he has said that on on a couple of occasions so there's got to be something (laughs) rom v and pkj have to have some stuff coming down the pipeline we haven't heard yet so i'm excited for the future uh art fantastic again i love arc light that panel of arc light just 
lighting up the bad guys was fantastic. You're muted again, bud. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, I yeah. said fantastic. Yeah, it, it was fucking great. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, 9 out of 10 for sure. Uh, all right, you want to get into something a little less fun? I don't, but we're gonna anyway. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I? Is it weird? I don't think Brandon has been here for any issue we've talked about of Batman and Robin. <laughs> that there's a possibility that you're I right about that. I don't think he was here anytime we talked about Batman and Robin. I think maybe he's doing that on purpose just so we don't have to listen to me shit on it. Weird. I mean, I, think, <laughs> like, I I've been shitting on it a little bit too, <laughs> here and there. Like, there's parts I like and parts I don't, but for the most part, you know, I'll I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for the review. Uh, this is Batman and Robin number three, written by Joshua Williamson with art and cover from Simone DeMeo, letters from Steve Wands. Uh, yeah, that's it. Sorry, I was looking for a colorist, but there isn't one. It's nope. just Simone DeMeo. Yep. Uh, I will say this, the cover, pretty fucking cool. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, open up on a little bit of flashback, uh, and you can tell by the red tones, it is very Robin-specific, because it is a Robin flashback. He was remembering talking with Alfred about his schoolwork, and is then interrupted by Bruce, and as Bruce teaches them the lesson, no matter how much training or experience you have, the moment you think you know everything is usually right around the time someone pulls a fast one on you, which I will say is might be sage, pretty sage advice, especially in their line of work. Uh, and that is exactly what happens now as white rabbit is escaping from uh, their custody and they are in black eight. She's running away and Robin and Batman try to give chase, but are stopped by shush. And this is the first meeting of Batman and shush as Robin heads off towards white rabbits, try and catch her. Uh, Batman uh, deals with shush directly and instantly asks, where is Tommy? Because he recognizes the whole hush motif. Um, and as she reveals a little later on, she has nothing to do with him. Uh, or white rabbit reveals later on that, that she's not connected to hush at all. Or at least Hush is not involved. So a little, little bit of a questionable thing there. Uh, but that is when Batman locks her in a cell and says, I'll deal with you later. But then she reveals that she's planted an explosive somewhere in Blackgate. And if he listens very closely uh, in the silence, he might be able to hear it ticking. Uh, so he does that. He has a little over four minutes to find it. As Robin is off to chase White Rabbit, she is found by the... Uh, I don't remember what the team is called, but the 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 three spliced villains, <laughs> the animals. Uh, uh, the terrible trio. Terrible trio, thank you. Uh, and he takes them on, but he is also he, he is then also found by Shush. Somehow she got out of the cell Batman locked her into. Shush, <laughs> Shush please. <laughs> I can't. I can't read that name without that going through my head Shush. every single damn yeah. time. Yeah, Alpha Academy is fucking awesome. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> How's that my fault? Chad Gable and Otis are the best team ever. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far, but they're they're pretty. They're pretty, pretty great. Good. That promo they had with uh, the Creed Brothers and New Day on Monday night mm -hmm. was fucking hilarious. <laughs> You're forgetting somebody. 
Look here, you're talking about Akira Tozawa? Yeah. He's on Alpha Academy. Oh, I guess technically. Okay. Yeah. He's he's right. a member of the team. And it finished with him doing the dance. That's <laughs> it was nasty. So cool. He did <laughs> the whole New Day. Dobby, Dobby, E, World. <laughs> 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 oh, so good. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fucking great promo. Uh, I need to watch it again. Uh, right. So where were we? Terrible trio. Robin makes some work of them. Say White Rabbit helps them out. And then they're found by Shush. Somehow she got out of her cell. That's not really explained, uh, but she opens fire on on Robin. Robin communicates with Batman for existence, but he has found the bomb and he's about to um, defuse it, and he does just in the nick of time, right before it reaches zero. Uh, Shush gets out with White Rabbit and the Terrible Trio, takes her in her vehicle as the Terrible Trio head off in another, and then Batman and Robin get in their own respective vehicles and make chase uh doing the exact same split up robin goes after the terrible trio as batman goes after uh shush but uh, this time white rabbit in tow as well and he does catch up to that car and he opens the hatch on the batmobile asking white rabbit to jump in and she does as shush kind of crashes her vehicle and it explodes (laughs) just apparently uh, Batman then asks White Rabbit some questions about uh, Hush, and she says that he, he's not working. She's not working with Hush whatsoever. Uh, we then cut to Robin. He's caught up to the terrible trio, and he saved the the scientist that they were trying to help that was kidnapped. Uh, but then he is attacked by man bats, but not just any man bats. Uh, this is a man bat with long hair and a man bat that knows a bit more about combats that you might let on because as robin says i've trained with uh man bat ninjas i can handle you but then is caught uh by the fist and is held up in chokeslam position uh and this man bat can talk perfect english to be continued in the dark man bat returns so who the fuck is that (laughs) there's there's so, so many so many people that could be uh it, is this a character I've forgotten about? No. No? No. It's a new character? Yeah. Do you think? Yes. Okay. I know who right. it is. You know who it is? No, I know that it is. That I don't know it. who it is, but I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Uh, There's a bit all over the place. I, I'm still, like, I, I'm enjoying the father-son moments in this issue, but I'm not really enjoying the story. It seems kind of weird. See, I don't even see it as father-son moments. I mean, literally, it's just I mean, like, Robin like, talking shit to Bruce and, and Bruce going, okay. I mean, like like the flashback, for example. Ah. Yeah, like that That was almost like a father-son moment. And not like, like a lovey-dovey, like, father-son, this is a nice touchy-feeling moment. Like, that was a father teaching his son something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um and the stuff with Damien with school, like I'm I'm as weird as it is, I, I kinda like that idea, but at the same time just the it feels out of place. Um It made I, sense for the monkey prince. It does not make sense for Damien Wayne. At least in my opinion. 
Do 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 do, and I lost Rob, so give me a sec. I'm bringing him back now. There he is. I am here. <laughs> I've been back for like twenty seconds. Oh. <laughs> um. Right. What was I saying? What were you saying? One of us is talking. Um. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, father and son moments back there. I agreed with you. Cool. Yeah. So the rest, the rest of the story, I, I'm not really invested in, in Shush. Uh, seems kind of forced as a villain. I, I don't really know what the whole point of Shush is. Like, Tommy's not involved. So why is she Shush? It just feels like. Forcing us to care about a copy of a villain that we don't care about. <laughs> Nobody cared about Hush. <laughs> it was just a good story at the time. And then DC thought it was the best thing since Dark Knight Returns. And we don't care about that story either. You're muted, by the way. Um, the best thing to come out of Hush was the McFarlane action figures. I don't even know if that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like i have a copy of hush i was looking at my batman books yesterday i'm like wait i know i have a copy of hush where is it <laughs> i don't even know where the fuck it, it might be over here somewhere like i know i have a copy couldn't give a shit where it is i read it so, once angela read it we're never gonna look at it again it it was good for the time but it did not need to be redone so much and just having a copycat villain of Hush that has nothing to do with Hush. <laughs> it just seems kind of stupid and pointless. So I, I'm not really into this series at all. I'm kind of curious about this dark man bat, but like I could give two shits by the rest of the story. Oh. So five out of ten, and that's only because of the art. You ready? Yes. All right. The art in most places is really good. I'm getting a shit ton of future state slash fear state art vibes. But there oh, are some panels where it just doesn't work. And yeah. where it doesn't work, it's mostly because of the shading and the lighting used in those panels. Um, The rest? <sighs> the story is so fucking flimsy and all over the place that it hurts to read it. Batman is painted as a complete idiot. His voice is one that is very weak for him, let alone any other hero. Robin talks shit to him and he's cool with it. And he's got no clue what he's trying to solve at all. He's got no clue what's happening, just that he was hit with a gas that changed his pheromones to smell like a bat. And now he desperately needs a cure for that? Uh, wait two weeks. Your hormones will cycle out. Williamson doesn't know science. Plus, there's more goddamn man bat. Dude, stop it with man bat. He's dead. You can't just listen to people point that out to you for two months and then start calling him dark man bat. No, this isn't. This isn't Langstrom. I know it's not Langstrom, but he was fucking up with man bat in this series and now he's got dark man bat with no regular man bat to be found stupid as shit 
Williamson should be arrested the next time he touches a typewriter, keyboard, pencil, pen, charcoal, or anything else you can write with. His plots, his storytelling, his character voices, it is all just like watered, watered down. It's like watered down water. I'm sick of him what writing. What the fuck is that? <laughs> just, what is watered down water? <laughs> it's like the, 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 the one thing you couldn't think he could water down, he did. And it just what made it worse. Fuck? There's no taste to it whatsoever. I'm, I'm, he writes for the pop culture crowd that only wants bright, shiny colors and easy to di- digest stuff. And I understand that that is good for sales. That this is moment. neither of those things. Well, <laughs> this is this is dark and very it's, confusing. It's not really dark though. It's just well, it's like dark tone. That's Simone de Mayo's colors. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he writes for the pop culture crowd, and they want this because they aren't invested. They're not avid fans. They don't give a shit about the comics. They don't give a shit about the characters. And they would just as soon read a clickbait article. If the story gets too involved, they bail. So maybe focus on good stories instead of sales, and the sales will fucking follow because people will talk about how great the goddamn stories are. This route is going to seriously fuck the company up. The whole company. Every project of his is complete and utter trash. Pretty pictures next to shitty words is only a polished turd. I'm fucking over it. One out of ten. I wouldn't say it would fuck up the whole company. Because if it if it sells the books to the people you were describing, then it's still making them money. It sells them temporarily until they find temporarily. something else to yeah. spend four dollars on. The problem is that, as companies do, like if this book sells more because it pulls in the readers that aren't regular comic book readers, and this book sells more than anything else, they're going to think that this is what people want. Exactly. It's like going off of fucking pre-orders. Hey, dummy, that's not how this shit works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people, you get pre-orders from collectors and hopeful people. I feel bad for the hopeful people. I'm both when it comes to Kyle Rayner Rising Compendium, which releases next week. Hey, <laughs> I've I had that shit that pre-ordered too, for months. <laughs> I, and I, I, got a, I got a good price on it from uh, uh, things from another world. Like yeah. 20% off. I'm paying like 41 bucks American. Holy shit. Wow, their pre-order their pre-order sale was fucking amazing. Dang, Same with uh, I pre-ordered the uh, Young Justice Omnibus. Yeah, hundred and five dollars. Oh no shit! Regular one fifty. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna have to wait till the Kyle Rayner one shows up at Books a Million. And yeah. and uh, and goes on sale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's actually it's still not bad for a cover price, considering the amount of issues you get in it. Oh god, I, I think I'm it's aware. regular like sixty five something like that. So it's oh. really not not that bad for a compendium. Uh, no, not for um, a compendium. Yeah, but you should you should have pre ordered it on things from another world because you could have paid like forty bucks for it. <laughs> I had. Uh. Yeah. hindsight is always 2020 is it not yeah i mean to be honest with you like after exchange rate and shipping fees i'm probably going to end up paying like 90 bucks for it canadian 
which Ouch. not great, <laughs> not great. <laughs> but but I I put my pre-order in. I listened to um, Ron Mars and said when he said like if if more people if enough people pre-order it they might just do more of these. Like okay, <laughs> pre-order that right now. <laughs> Give me more Kyle Rayner. That would be great. Um, uh, please. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, please. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh. Almost, I had a final thought for this. Oh, yeah. For Batman and Robin, the only other thing I, I have a little bit of gripe with is fucking continuity. Fucking A. And I, I was I was very apprehensive to bring it up because I know how you feel about continuity. It's important. <laughs> and this kind of just is a slap in the face to all of it. When is this supposed to take place? Exactly. How, Whenever how, the how is William... Bruce dealing with Robin? when he's not talking to any part of the family right now. <laughs> exactly. Williamson has been given carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. I, I was Superman. I was semi-excited for this book when it was announced, considering his work on Robin. And, okay, he was going to maybe pick up the pieces from that and take it here. And to a certain degree, that's why I enjoy some of the, the B-plot with him going to high school, because it does deal with some of the B-plot that he had in Robin. Well, go so back the, and reread Robin and see if you still think it holds up. That's not what I said. You like Robin, right? Yeah, but I'm saying, like, the the B-plot in Robin with, like, his his personal personal stuff and his social skills is oh. being picked up here as the B plot of him going to school. Yeah. So there's that connection and that's what I was excited with with this book. So that's gonna be why I like that part, but the rest of it is just fucking gone. <laughs> like, I could give two shits about the A plot. Um and anything to do with Batman ongoing is just kind of in the water. It's hard enough trying to decipher between Zdarsky's Batman and Rombie's Detective Comics as to what takes place when uh, pretty much they're both killing Batman slowly in their own ways at the same time. But the yeah. point is, he's dying in both of them. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure Detective is, sent, is set in... It's got to be before Zdarsky. In the before, yeah. Like, not a specific <laughs> timeline, yeah. but just like before now. Yeah. You know, because the, the characters that are in there are not exactly, you know, it's not, it certainly isn't the whole Bat family. No. And uh, the only problem is is that the whole thing in Detective Comics, it's supposed to take place over weeks. So yeah. far, it's taken place over weeks. So it's, it's taking up a lot of time. It's just lucky it's a damn good story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Speaking of which. Yeah, that was Batman and Robin. We're moving on very quickly to uh, detective and... comics oh shit speak of the devil <laughs> <laughs> yeah i fuck, i forgot that was this week <laughs> yeah detective comics number 1077 written by ron v art from jason sean alexander Col colors by dave stewart letters by ariana marr and an evan cable cover so Gordon is with Selena, Cheshire Shoes, Iko, Has Iko Hasegawa, and Cassandra Kane with Oracle on the phone. 
They've got three days to save Batman before he's hung out to dry, so to speak. So they're throwing together a plan that involves recruiting Solomon Grundy to their cause, which might not be hard because apparently he doesn't like the people down there in the sewers anyway, which is where they need to go to save the people that the Orgums have kidnapped. The plan also involves working with Mr. Freeze as he wants something that the Orgums have. He doesn't say it, and the team needs members. So while everybody's going over the plan, or what plan they have anyway, Selina breaks into where Batman is being held to visit him, though she can't get him out by herself. She kisses him, reminds him of them, and promises that they will get him out in time. The Asmer sh shares what Bruce feels, so the Orgums know that Selina was there. They rush the room, but she's gone. Duh. <laughs> Where she went? To recruit the last member of the team. Or at least I think it's the last. It is in this issue. It's Azrael, and Selina tells him that she knows where Batman is, and she needs his help. End of story for now. <laughs> Uh, man to anyone, and I mean anybody who thought that this run on Detective, this overarching story, was too slow. I'm, I've even heard boring. Y'all are nuts. Yes, it was a slow buildup. All <laughs> of Ram V's books are a slow buildup. Yeah. That's because Ram V doesn't write one-shot material. You're not going to get stupid filler issues or date nights. You get a damn good <laughs> story. And this art, this issue is the culmination of that, or at least thus far. The shit is so good. I even love the art, even with Batman having long Halloween ears. Not my favorite. Uh, Stuart's colors. Yeah, like honestly, I was never a big fan of the long Halloween ears either. But like, no, kind of dig it here for some reason because <laughs> it, it kind of it fits the it art. It's tone, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, like I said, the 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 shit's so good. Stewart's colors make Alexander's art shine like out loud, and it was made for this story. I already need the issue, so if anybody out there has it like ahead of time, please send it my way. I will keep my email open. <laughs> um, and then I guess I'll jump into part two since it's super quick. It's written by Dan Waters, art from Casper Wingard, and Steve Wands took care of the lettering there too. Um, it's a conversation between Leanne and her mom Cheshire while Solomon Grundy sits next to her on the couch. The conversation? Catching up with their dysfunction. And um, Leanne, Leanne trying to recruit Cheshire for help. That's it. That's the story. The art looks good. It's a real short story, and I, I guess I don't really know why it's needed. I don't know. <sighs> but it's, I'm not. It's, I'm not, it's I'm not a story that, that people have been waiting for. And it's a story I know I've been waiting for, and I was seeing some people online saying the exact same thing. It's, it's seeing Leanne interact with her mother, apart from what we're getting in Green Arrow and in I swear there was another one. <laughs> nope, just Green Arrow so far. It's just Green Arrow so far. Okay. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So like we we get to see the two of them because we saw them together during Robbie's Catwoman. Yes. And it was never any direct interaction between them. And we know Leanne has her memories back, and we know she's she's found her father, and she knows her mother's around, and she remembers everything. So we're waiting for like some kind of parental connection. And this was the perfect little story. And just having that whole 
inner monologue of, of Jade um, giving Leanne her cold side while also internally remembering all the warm stuff she did and felt for Leanne and all the things she would continue to do for her daughter. And then at the end, uh, just having that embrace as the two of them got their emotions out. And it was just, it was such a feel good moment and damn near a tearjerker. If you have those emotions, it was fucking fantastic. All I mean, the while I have emotions. It's just yeah. been a long fucking time that I've okay. Waiting so for this, like right? <laughs> outside of, um, of Roy, yeah. this is going to make me sound bad, but outside of Roy, I couldn't give two shits about Leanne. Shit, eh? Ch- Cheshire is like a D-list character as far as I'm concerned. And... I mean, she still is, but like she, she became relevant because of her relationship with Roy Harper. Right, and that got put to bed like a long time ago. Leanne's yeah. been gone forever, so yeah. like bringing her back wasn't something that was like huge for me. Um, it would uh, less impressive than Ali's chili. <laughs> I for for me it, I wasn't reading a whole lot of Green Arrow at at the time when she was created and and heavy, but I I read when she died. And I was still fucking shocked that DC would go there. <laughs> um, Kill a and kid? And then a, a kid that was not a superhero that yeah. was related to a superhero. Like, it wasn't, like, in combat. It was just the city had an earthquake and she was crushed. Like, <laughs> that's, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not going to dispute that. And then Romby brings her back and there's just all this mystery of, like, how she back? When does she get back? Why? Why is she? What the fuck's going? Does she not remember? What? But the church is right there, and they're not, there's so many questions, and just like family is like at the forefront of my mind. But like I love this. <laughs> hey, you know, and that Rob I've v been... made me give a shit about Leanne and this whole situation. I've been begging for more family books. I want Flash family books. I want an yeah. Amazon book that isn't stupid. I want. Yeah. I want. The Super Fam book. I want a Bat Family book. They've got such huge universes of their own that we could focus on these team books. Yeah. And have awesome stories. I mean, imagine what we could get with an Ollie, Roy, Connor, Cheshire, Black Canary book. I mean, there's what? Quite honestly, absolutely no reason. Maybe even Shadow. Why you can't have, you know, action comics and detective comics and Flash and Green Lantern and Green Arrow and uh, you could call it Amazonians or just Wonder Woman and it be about, they're all just group titles. They're not about singular heroes. They're about the family. Like you said, like they, they could be just a whole big team title. Yeah, see, and that's what I thought we were getting with that. Absolutely no reason that cannot happen. So far, Green Arrow, while it is Ollie centric, it does feature the family quite heavily. So far, it does. Yeah, yeah. So far, and that—that's that's that's the kind of thing I I want. Is it a mini? Is that a limited series? It was supposed to be, but it got extended to twelve. Oh, I don't remember if it was extended to ongoing yet. Huh. I think it was. I think I think it's an ongoing. Yet. 
All right, well, I really hope you guys enjoy it. He's going to have to pull something out of way left far field for me to yeah. meet in. I mean, we're, we're almost done the first arc, and, and hopefully the second arc will will pick up for you. Um, yeah. But that's another week to talk about Green Arrow. Um, Certainly is. Oh, I forgot to give you my score. Um, yeah. Uh, we didn't even really talk about the, the main story yet. I, I just wanted to point out Solomon Grundy, like the, the whole thing with with Cheshire and and uh Leanne. Uh, Jade Jaden Leanne, sorry. I was trying to remember their code names. <laughs> Je- uh does Leanne have a code name? She she had a code name when she was in Catwoman. But I don't remember what it was. It wasn't just shoes, that was just what she was calling herself. Well, I mean, she became Cheshire. Shoes became Cheshire. But, but was she? But it was there because her Jade is Cheshire, right? Say again. Jade's code name is Cheshire, right? Yes, yes, and she adopted so Leanne, that shit when she was a stray. But was she maybe just called Cheshire Cat? Because I remember it was a yes. little different. Yes, Cheshire just Cat. Cheshire yes. Cat. Okay. Yes. All right. Cheshire Fair Cat. enough. Okay, that that's fine. Okay, so Cheshire and Cheshire Cat, uh, Jade and Leanne. Uh, they're I feel big... like maybe Leanne's name should be Jabberwocky, but <laughs> you know, yeah, for, any, so... for any for any uh, Alice in Wonderland fans out there, yeah. Uh, so so Jade and Leanne having this big heartfelt conversation, mother daughter, very very heavily emotional moments, while Solomon Grundy is just sitting on the couch. Uh, speaking his rhyme and failing a drinking tea, and you have that you're you're muted again, man. Josh, you're muted. Ah, dang it! You gotta uh, stop em- pushing that button, dude. <laughs> and emotionally reacting to the conversation going on around him, which yeah. is what I probably appreciated the most about the backup. Exactly, like you have you have that that heavy emotion in the bulk of the story but you have that comedic backdrop to balance it out and it was just perfectly written it was Agreed. dan waters wrote it right yes yeah so fucking he knocked it out of the park casper wingard just the color the the, the art was fantastic uh main He's story good. i honestly for some reason i i thought i read somewhere that this part of the story was only two parts but apparently not um the team is getting together you had a nice little emotional moment with bruce and selena near the end at least yeah. selena bruce is still completely fucking out of it yeah um, he's asthma man <laughs> yeah he's man man that was hilarious that, that, that was a ripping friends character if i'm not mistaken it was man man and boy boy it was a what ripping friends character Oh, I don't even know what Ripping Friends Dude, is. Nobody fucking remembers Ripping Friends. I loved that show. It was like early to mid two thousands, stupid cartoon uh, about these four like super strong brothers, and they were called the Ripping Friends. And their whole thing is they they go like fight crime, but they they rip things. And 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 they had. Um, yeah, you know, like backup stories and side stories, and one of the side stories in, in an episode was the adventures of Man Man and Boy Boy, and it was a uh, <laughs> an analog Jesus. spoof of Batman and Robin, right. but it was Man Man. He was just a man in a flesh suit 
like the the suit was flesh colored and That's he wore gross. underwear and boy boy had like fish scales underwear and like a blue suit and i think he had an ear on his chest and the whole thing was man man it was like this big buff guy and boy boy was a skinny little guy and these they'd go up against these giant fucking goons and man man would go go boy boy take out those people while i deal with this old man who was the leader and this this guy like with a walker <laughs> man man's beating the shit out of him but boy boys get the shit beat out of him it it was it was a fucked up show but i remember man man and boy boy I'll see if I can find it for you. <laughs> the, the, the description of the two main characters you just gave me? Yeah. Made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's supposed to. <laughs> it, it really fucking should. <laughs> it oh, really man. should. No, there was even a whole episode with a discussion about comic books, and it was fucking fantastic. I gotta find the Rupert Friends for you. But I digress. Uh, Batman, man, man, he's just... He's out of it, and... That moment with Selena, I thought was really nice. We see Asriel make a point, and Mister Freeze is involved because uh, Rom V has a story to tell, and he's he's let the man cook. He's cooking. I'm down. <laughs> it's going on a little long for my taste, as I stated earlier in the episode. I might have ADD, so <laughs> long stories are hard for me to to, to keep track of. Um, but I'm still digging this. Like the fact that it's progressing a lot more steady now, and we're getting a lot more plot a little bit faster, and there's there's more shit to look forward to. I'm enjoying it a lot more. So, eight point seven five out of ten. You're muted. Oh, damn it! I, I muted <laughs> that time so I could open up a can of coke. Um, <laughs> I gave the whole issue an eight point five. Fair enough. I try to be. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that is our uh, books for the week. It is. Well done. Top three. Favorite moment if you got one. What you got? My man, it was so hard. <laughs> um, third place, I'm still not sure. Detective Comics or The Vigil, I think. I want to give it to the vigil, but the de de detective comics was so damn good too. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it to the vigil because it wrapped up the story and it did it, it did it it did it pretty damn nicely. Um, so the vigil number six at, in third place. In second, I'm gonna give it to Wildcats number twelve. And first place are two issues that we're not talking about on. On, on on the main podcast um i also had a hard time tossing between those two uh superman lost number eight and green lantern number five and first place yeah you okay <laughs> he just fucking left <laughs> there you bullshit. Go. sorry that was green lantern in first place uh superman lost Eight and Green Lantern number five are kind of tied for me right now. But that's first, right? Not yeah, third? that's first place. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Because <laughs> uh, even if I was including bonus, Green Lantern would not make my top five or top oh. three. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, we'll get to there with a the bonus show. You'll see. I have some thoughts. Right. Um, uh, my favorite moment is... Yeah. 
at the end of Wildcats. Cole saying that he's got some stuff to do before he can spend the rest of his life paying for the shit that he's done. It means that at least eventually we'll be getting another book, and I need that in my life. Yep. I for agree. sure. All right, so my top three. I'm on the fence if I want to include bonus books, so... If if I do not include bonus books, Wildcast number 12 is number three. If I do include bonus books, Outsiders number one is number three. Fair enough. And we'll see in the bonus show why that is. Uh, then I have Detective Comics 1077 at number two and The Vigil number six and number one. Yeah. If I don't include bonus shows, then it's... Detect- Oh, he left all the way. There he is. Huh, I'm not touching keep, anything, I swear. You keep blinking out on me. Yeah. But if I had to if I had to uh stay strictly in the main show like I usually do, so I'm not sure why I branched out from it, but third place detective, uh second place the vigil, and first place wildcats. Fair enough. It's almost the same as me. Just kind of reversed. Um the favorite moment for me was you see the arc light frying the shit out of that guy. That was Mr. just Wall. an awesome moment. It Mr. was. Wall, it was, yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, yeah. I missed All the right. vigil already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So that is our show, folks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Indeed. Be sure to subscribe to our Discord to get access to us and our bonus show. As, as well as a few more treats. There's always discussion going on. Um, we got some uh, various activities in the Discord going on. We got a trivia bot. We got all sorts of discussions and channels to talk about all sorts of things in the Geek Matrix. So be sure to check it out. Yeah, you don't want to miss Josh's bad trivia. <laughs> Josh's <laughs> awesome trivia, just no hats, okay? Just no hats. No fucking hats, because no. you... You don't know when a character is wearing a hat. (laughs) You're not good at describing the hat. (laughs) Indeed. Don't don't touch the hats. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Well, that is it, everybody. Thank you for watching. We will be back next week covering all of DC's weekly releases. Same geek time, same geek channel. And that is the show. So we're getting out of here. That means you have to as well. Be careful out there. And remember, in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.